0: Okay, New Life, I'd like to share a message with you today that God's put on my heart for you, for your family, uh, for our church, and for all of the friends and family who are watching online today. Uh, It's called Take Heart, and it's the Jesus way of responding to difficult times and trials. I'd like to read to you a scripture from John chapter 16, uh, verse 33, Uh, and it says this I have told you all these things so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Um, these last 30 days, our world in America here has totally changed. And I'm sure your life has totally changed. Our president declared uh, this to be a national emergency. The World Health Organization declared this a global pandemic. Uh, our governor, James, that got on the news, told everybody, no groups larger than 250, then smaller to 50. And now we're being advised to groups of 10 or less. And so I've actually learned some new terms I didn't know before, like uh, um, social distancing, uh, which uh, for me, that was just middle school. Um, and um, self-quarantine, which actually was high school. Uh, just kidding. Um, you know, the, um, th- this season's challenging for us. And what's going to do is I think it has the opportunity to bring out Christ's character in us to have the most growth spiritually, the most connectedness with our loved ones, and the most compassion and care in our community and our world. Uh, This is the moment of people becoming the church. This is the moment that what you get, what you believe gets tested and it becomes foundational for who you are and how you live the rest of your life. Three truths that I think we need to all agree on in this season the first truth that you can write down is this, is that this will end. Uh, we don't know how long it's going to be. It'll probably get worse before it gets better. We plan for the for it to be longer. We pray for it to be shorter. We do want to nip this in the bud. Uh, but we do know this. History would tell us that this will end. Uh, if you look over the last 100 years, every generation has had to face some kind of a virus or some kind of a war. Um, going all the way back to the Spanish influenza uh, you, the Great uh, World War I, the Great Depression, World War II, uh, the Korean War, um, the, the Vietnam War, the Hong Kong virus, 9 uh, 11, um, H1N1. Uh, every generation has uh, really a moment where they have to stop and really kind of consider uh, their lives here and uh, what's beyond this life. Uh, we know from history that this will end. Um, and I, I believe that, secondly, it's this that this truth, that God is with us in this. Um, The the Christian view of God, the message of the gospel, would say this, that we don't have a God that's distant um, or a a God that somehow has created all this and is unaware of what's going on, but a God who came near. The gospel would tell us that, that God so loved the world he gave his son, and the word became flesh and lived among us. And Isaiah called him Emmanuel, or God with us. As you're watching this today in your homes, I want you to know that God is with us and God is for us. He has not abandoned us. Even in the, I think you'll sense this, in the most difficult times, you're gonna sense the power and presence and love of God unleashed. Uh, The the, the third is this, is that you're not alone. Um, People becoming the church is really about relationships. We believe this from the very beginning that the church is not a building, but a people. Jesus started the church Jesus is the one that said he would build his church and the gates of hell and death would not prevail. Think about that. This will end. God is with us. You're not alone. It's with this heart that we come into this season. And Jesus says to us these words. He says, says, I'm telling you all these things. I have told you all of this. And I circled that because I'm like, what's all this? This section in John chapter 16 is part of a larger section of four chapters. It's actually the Last Supper. Jesus is sitting down with his closest friends, the 12 disciples, to have a last meal with them before he's going to be arrested. He's going to be put on trial. He'll be beaten. He'll be crucified. Worst possible death. This is, the, this is that last meal Before. Uh, The the way this sets up in John chapter 13, as they come into this place, uh, um, Jesus actually goes around and washes the feet of all of the disciples. And I was thinking about something that Jonathan Stone, uh, one of our pastors, last week on this broadcast said that uh, every time he goes to wash his hands, which we're washing our hands a lot right now, he says, every time I wash my hands, I pray, God, as I wash my hands, would you cleanse my heart? And would you use these hands to serve? Would you do that this week? Teach your kids to do that? Uh, As you wash your hands, pray that God would wash our hearts and use our hands to serve. Jesus said, I'm telling you all of this. What's all of this? They sit down at this meal. Jesus has washed their feet. He's gonna wash their hearts. And he tells them a couple of great promises. In chapters 14, 15, and 16, he tells them this, that he is going to go away he asked them, he can't? they're like, are you going to Egypt? Like, where are you going? Are you going, like, going to Canada? I don't know if they said that, but if that's what I think of. And he's like, no, 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 I'm going somewhere I can't tell you about, okay? But I am not going to orphan you or leave you alone or abandon you, but I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Uh, this is the first thing that we learn in a season is we learn all of this includes the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That God's Holy Spirit is at work in this season, in our lives, in our families, and that the Holy Spirit is what? The great comforter, he, he, the encourager. You have a divine cheerleader. I don't know, I, I don't know about you, but when I was playing sports, I always, always looked up into the stands, wanted to see is my family there, who's watching, you know, and people are cheering you on, and they're just like, go West, you can do this. And you know, and there's times where you like want to give, you look up at the crowd, like, you can do this you have as a follower of Jesus in your life in you Jesus said this the spirit would be would would be not just with you the spirit the holy spirit would be in you you have a divine encourager saying you can do this you've got this this is the work of the holy spirit the holy spirit is at work in us and Jesus promised this that your sadness will be turned to joy so not only is the holy spirit going to work in you but this, whatever sadness, they are like, what sadness are you talking about? They don't know what's going to happen next. And say, we don't know what's going to happen next. If Jesus told them, here's what's going to happen. Listen, let's have a meal. Um, at the meal, he's like, listen, uh, I'm going to die. am going to be crucified. All of you, you know, they're going to go after you. You know, in some ways you're like, well, he kind of did tell them. <laughs> but he couldn't tell them everything of what was going to happen. They'd be like, hey, you kind of ruined the meal. In some ways, you know, God doesn't tell us everything, but he, he leads us into what we're going through. Enough of so that we continue to trust and follow him. But here's what he promises to do. Is, he promises not just to be with us, but to take whatever sadness we face and turn it for joy. I've told you all of these things. Why? So that you may have peace in me. Here's where peace comes from. Peace does not come from your financial security or insecurity. It doesn't come from your possessions. Your peace cannot, because they can be taken away. Peace comes from Jesus. The eternal hope that we have, the, the, the connectedness that we have with God, the relationship we have with God through Christ. This is not your home. Your home is heaven. And your security comes from this, that God has placed his spirit in you and that greater is he in me than he that's in the world. You have peace with God through Jesus. And he says, I've given you the, my peace. Here on earth, you're going to have what? Many trials. Look, you're going to face everyone in the Bible who did anything for God face trials. Joseph was put into a cistern and then sold into slavery Um, uh, Daniel was thrown into a lion's den. Esther had to risk her life to save her people. Jesus himself is crucified on a cross. The disciples are persecuted. The apostle Paul, shipwrecked, beaten, left for dead, stoned. All these different difficulties that they've gone through. And the writer of Hebrews would say this, to look around at this great cloud of witnesses who have gone before us and they're cheering us on. Yes, we're going through trials. I, I read one person wrote this. I don't know who wrote it. They said, your grandparents went the war, we're being asked to sit on a couch. But it's tough. And some of us have lost some of our business and our money, and we're concerned about that. Some of us, our health is failing. This is a trial. But people before us have gone through trials. It says, it says, look at that great cloud of witnesses as they cheer you on. And to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the glory set before him endured the cross. It says, it says to remember him so that you not grow weary and lose heart. He says you're going to have many trials. There's great things that can happen through trials. One, our faith can grow. Here's another thing that happens in trials. Is this, we experience Christian love. Um, our relationships, as we go through a shared struggle, we actually develop a bond that um, is, is so strong. In this season, I'm watching our church come together and love one another and support one another. Listen, if you don't have support in your life, we want to help you with that. There's a pastor that wants to pray with you. There's someone in our church that wants to reach out with you. Listen, never get too busy to have support and support somebody else. Jesus said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. That means this we support each other. We are not alone in this. We have many trials. The trials build our faith. They build our relationships. They grow our Christian charity. He says, we're gonna have sorrows. There's gonna be some person that you're gonna to need to in this season weep with just as you have a time where you laugh with somebody. But he says, take heart. I love this take heart part because here's why. I looked at some of your Bibles say take heart. Some of your Bibles say this, be of good cheer. The word literally actually means good cheer. And... Uh, He's saying, listen, I want you in this difficult season. Think about this. He says, I've told you all this, so you have peace. Because you're going to have many trials. But you're going to be of good cheer. Why? Because, listen, there's nothing we face that can take heaven away from us. There's nothing that we face that can take the relationship we have with God. There's nothing that we can face that can take away the eternal hope that we have in our heart. If you don't have it, I'm going to pray with you at the end of this gathering, and you're going to have the hope of Jesus in your heart. We can be of good cheer. That doesn't mean we don't understand the sorrows we're going through, the trials we're going through. We don't, we don't comfort those and walk alongside those, feel the emotions we're feeling. But, but the first thing we've got to do to be of good cheer is this. We've got to stay encouraged. Every morning, I want you to start your morning with 15 minutes of a daily devotional. We are at New Life sending out a daily devotional to everybody every day. Why? Because we want you to stay encouraged. We just want to encourage your heart. All right? Maybe as you get encouraged, you know, I, I just find this. If I'm not encouraged, I'm not going to be that for the day. I'm not going to do that good at being a good husband. A good, a good dad, um, a good pastor. Listen, Grumpy West doesn't do well. You don't want Grumpy West. Nobody here is like, we're praying for Grumpy West. You're praying for not Grumpy West. And so I gotta stay encouraged. I need the Lord to encourage my heart. David, at a time in his life, in, in 1 Samuel, I think it's chapter 30, where he just felt like he was, in fact, his men were turning on him, wanted to kill him. It said he went and encouraged himself in the Lord. Stay encouraged. The second thing we got to do is this, is we got to encourage others. So when we're encouraged, we do what? We give courage. Did you hear that? Encourage, we give courage to others. We we be of good cheer. Encourage other people. I don't know about you, but um, do you know who understands this? My dog understands this, okay? Like anytime you see my dog, my dog is encouraged. At almost all times. How do you know? You can tell my dog's encouraged because he does this. Okay. Which I don't know if I should be doing this on camera right now, but that's what the dog does. Okay. And the dog is doing this. Why? The dog is encouraged. And what's the dog saying to me? Hey, you know what you want to do, Wes? You want to pet me, right? I can be in a grumpy mood. I'm like, I don't want to touch you. Don't want to look at you. Go feed yourself. Go pet you. And no, then the dog's like, no, I know what you want to do. You want, and so, so what happens? If I start petting the dog, does the dog ever at any point say, you know what? That's good. Never. The dog, if I start petting that dog, that dog is gonna do what? It's gonna start doing that more. Listen, I want you around your house, if you see somebody grumpy, just give them this. Because you know what? We gotta encourage each other. We gotta encourage each other. We gotta encourage, and as we get encouraged, the Bible even tells us to do this, to encourage one another, what? Daily. Daily. Daily is how often we need it. Jesus said, listen, I know you're going to have trials. You're going to go through tough times in this world. uh, But be of good cheer. Why? Because he says, I've overcome the world. I've overcome the world. Jesus is going to, from this talk, John chapter 16, 17, go and pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. I've been in that garden. I was there this past year. And in that, make the biggest decision of his life where he says, not my will, God, but yours be done. Father, your will be done. It's in that garden that he surrendered his will. In this season, if you want peace, surrender your will to God's will and say, God, not my will, yours be done. And from there, he goes to the cross. From there, he's crucified. Look, like, We don't believe in a God who's distant. We believe in a God who came here and took all of our sin and struggle onto himself. Listen, our sin is brought into this world enmity and struggle with each other, with God, but also with nature. And because of that, we live in a world where death and disease and sickness and suffering is rampant. And what does God do? He dives in to rescue us, heart first, transforming us to join him into rescuing this world with the message of the gospel. And on the third day, the scripture says, Jesus rose from the dead. I can't wait for this Easter this year. I believe we're going to have the biggest Easter in our world's history of people hearing the gospel. Because Jesus says, "I've overcome." Now we're way back over here. I'm sitting with the disciples at, at you know the Last Supper, eating a meal, having a good time. I don't know what's next. We're going to face some trials. We're, we're going to have some sorrows, but in the midst of it, we're also going to take heart. We're going to take heart. Why? Because Jesus has overcome the world. This will end. God is with us. You're not alone. Let me tell you. Let me tell you a story. Um, Years back, some friends of mine talked me into doing something called a Spartan race, and they're like, Yeah, it sounds so fun, it will build our relationships, and we'll feel so great afterwards. And it's on sale, and so I was like, Great, you know what? Uh, it's on sale, sure, I'll, I'll jump in. And so I jumped in, not realizing what I was doing. When I got out there for the Spartan race, and by the way, not a ton of training, didn't want to overtrain this body, I get out there, and uh, we start to do this race. And it's, it's like, I don't, it's not quite, it's like a, t- let's call it 10 miles with like 30 obstacles. And the obstacles are ones where some of them I could do. Some of them, like I, I came up to the obstacle and they had a station that's called the burpee station, which I don't know if you know what a burpee is, but it's, that's a, burp- that's a burpee, okay? Like you do 30 of those. And so like some of these obstacles, I would just skip the obstacle, go over and do the burpee. Because I was like, I know I can't do that, um, somewhere along the race, I went from having fun to like going like, this isn't fun anymore. This is hard. I mean, this is me. And do I look like I'm having a good time there? I'm not having a good time. This is like, man, this is hard. I wanted the medal, but I didn't want to have to go through the race. Now, I hit a point where this is me and I'm not having fun. And then this is me where I'm like, I hate the people getting it. This is where I don't like the people who ask me to do this thing. That look on my face, in my t-shirt says, it's not about me. It's about me at that point. It's a hundred percent about me. I am so upset right there. I had to go, I had to go under this wall, under the water mud, I don't know what that is, and you had to climb up this mud wall on the other side. My my hamstrings are starting to tighten up. And and I come out of that, and I'm like, there's a moment as I come out of that, I'm so upset at everybody who talked me into this dumb thing. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this. And I actually had a point where I said, you know what? What it doesn't matter if I finish. I'm just going to quit. As I'm barely jogging, walking, I come alongside somebody who had left earlier on the race than myself, and I come across this guy right here. This guy is doing the same race I'm doing, at all the same obstacles. And um, he ends up saying, as I pass him, he says these words. He's on his hands going like this. And he says, don't give up don't give up. Now, honestly, what am I going to do at that point? Be like, yeah, you know, hey, good luck. I mean, how can I quit? I think about his voice often when I come against hardships and things where I want to quit and I want to give up and I want to give in and I want to have a bad attitude and I want to get discouraged and I I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit who is with you and lives in you And he's speaking to you the truth of God. Don't give up. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run the race with perseverance. This is a season of perseverance, deep Christian faith. Your eyes, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Jesus went all the way to the cross. And what did he do? Jesus won the victory. And I love this word. He prevailed. He prevailed. Sometimes the way you win is you just don't quit. You don't give up. You just keep going. Listen, all we have is today. Each day I want you to get up. I want you to get encouraged. And I want you to spend the day encouraging others. As you wash your hands, ask God to wash your heart and use your hands to serve. As you face the trials that come, call upon God to give you the power of the Spirit to continue to move forward. And if you have not received Christ into your life, wherever you are watching this, whatever home you're in, I want to pray with you right now to open your heart to the Holy Spirit and allow God's love to fill your heart that you would feel his presence right now. Father in heaven, I pray over everybody, every new lifer, all their friends and families, and everybody who's watching online in their home that they would hear the voice of your Holy Spirit speaking to them saying, don't give up. That they would take heart because Jesus, you've overcome the world. Grow our faith in this season. Grow our compassion in this season. And Lord, I pray for all of those right now who are opening their heart. If you're out there and you're saying yes to Jesus, would you repeat this prayer after me? Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I spent a lot of my life pushing you away. In this moment, though, I open my heart. I open my heart to you and ask that your spirit would fill my life. And God, I want to do life with you. I want to give my life to you. And the rest of my life, I want to serve you. I receive this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please let somebody know of the great decision that you made today to become part of God's family? God bless you.